that back, boy. Here we go. Welcome to Beer Money Pulling Team. Sit down, shut up, and hang on. So what's it like, Charles and Ryan, when we get to have our pulling heroes on our show? Hey, everybody, it's Monday, December 12th. Uh, Jason Schultz here, Charles Posh, Ryan Rusink. 
lock and load pulling team who's joined us tonight on Let's Grow Pulling. And what does that mean to us? I know, and that sounds so dumb to Butch and Steve because they've been around this for such a long time. But we've been watching these guys, Grand National Championships, Louisville, Rockwell, Iowa's going the longest. What this means to us is stupid. And I don't think they understand that, but we need all of you tonight to, to appreciate the fact that we have Butch and Steve live with us, a lock and load diesel super stock pulling team. And the history they've seen, the Alki versus the diesel and the transition of the diesel super stock. And I know we talk about pro stocks all the time, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if any of you could win the lottery and you said, could I, could I build anything I want? None of you are building the pro stock. You're building the diesel super. So welcome everybody to Let's Go Pulling Live. Charles Poosh in the left-hand corner. Ryan Rusink from Des Moines, Iowa in the bottom left-hand corner. And Butch Shieldblatt and Steve Burge of the Lock and Load Pulling Team in the bottom right corner. You guys have, this means the world to us having you guys on tonight. Thank you and welcome to Let's Go right. Live. So thank you for being with us. Um, Butch, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and like maybe how this whole thing started? Uh, we all kind of went to high school together, grew up as friends through life and run around together we pulled some antique stuff hot farm stuff and helped another guy help mark fouts for a few years pulling on the john deere with the super and we finally decided it was time to do our own thing and that's when we ended up and bought frank sanders tractor we had known frank for a lot of years through bowling green and different places we'd parked beside him and hung out with him and i'd worked on his tractor off and on through the years and Frank called one day and said he was ready to sell, but he said, I can put it for sale here in Greenwood, Nebraska, but you know how many people are coming to look at it here? He said, if I put it in Indiana, I guarantee there'll be enough people come and look at it. Somebody will buy it. <laughs> so it went on for about a week and a half or two weeks. Frank brought it up, dropped the trailer off, dropped the tractor off in our driveway, and it set out there. And We'd open the trailer doors and look at it, think about it, kick the tires and think, no, this is a dumb idea. Let's don't do it. The next day, you go back and think, oh, why not? Let's try it. So a few days went by. We called Frank then and said, hey, we found a buyer for your tractor. They really don't want the trailer, but they're really interested in the tractor. He said, well, who would that be? And I said, well, I think we're going to take the tractor. We'll find a buyer for the trailer. He was Frank was tickled to death that we had bought the tractor, and so we I don't even remember now where the trailer even went. He had a gooseneck Jensen trailer set up for non-roll cage in those days, and that's what the tractor came to us in. Charles, do you know who Frank Sanders is? Because I don't know. I have, heard, I have heard the name, yeah. So mm -hmm. who is Frank Sanders, Stephen Butch? He was from Greenwood, Nebraska. The tractor was called just just for fun, fun. just for fun. It had white hoods you're kind of partial to that so i won't but it had that white hood on it and it had a clutch that only a man could push down like a lawnmower would have on it and just kind of had flat top fenders on it and it had more weights on the clutch than you can imagine so when we got it out in the driveway and it was the end of the season we were thinking we were going to georgetown ohio just to try it out we hey, all got Steve. Steve, what year was this? And and when this you guys talked about this? 1999. Okay. So we got it started finally and was driving around the driveway. And if you got above about 2,500 RPMs, you couldn't hold yourself with a steering wheel in the seat. Frank was a big guy. He was probably 6'5, 6'6, and 250 pounds. He, you know, he made it look so simple watching him all those years. And then once we got in the seat, the 
couldn't hold the clutch down. We had to go back and revisit the amount of weight he had on the clutch and everything else so we could even get enough RPMs to move it off the starting line. So was that a was that a pretty successful tractor? Like would he been pulling like NTPA guys back then? He pulled some uh, NTPA. He always went to Bowling Green every year. He always did top ten. Back then there was 30 in the class. Yeah. So he did okay. It was a four charger uh hypermax setup, basically. But you know, yeah, it was competitive for what it was this day. He didn't really run a circuit because he had young kids at that point. He was running all over Nebraska and Iowa and out of there, but then he'd venture up and run some Ohio State hooks, just something to different family vacation. Okay. So if anybody has a picture for just for fun, because I did not know how I've known Stephen Butch for quite a while and they put up with me and they let me hang out with them and, and Bowers and Shawbaws, and I appreciate that a lot. But I I did not know the history of this tractor. So if anybody has a picture of just for fun, because I got a lot of people commenting right now on Facebook, please send it to us. Uh, please send it to me on the private Facebook or Charles, if you're looking right now. Well, I'm digging to see actually if I've got a video clip of it that I've already chopped out. So I'm that would be on. pretty cool. So welcome, everybody. It's Monday, it's December 12th. Um, I have known Butch and Steve for a long time. I claim them longer than they claim me. And uh, just it's fun to call them friends and it. I got to I got to connect with them at PRI and Steve and Butch said, "Why do you always have that Travis guy from Ringo, Iowa, on your show?" <laughs> now this might have been Thursday late night into Friday morning, and Steve might have been talking to me because Butch uh, Butch is always calm, but Steve and I like to get a little chatty, if you know what I'm saying, and we have a lot of fun with that. But it makes it a lot of fun. You guys are my heroes. Um, I I mean, one of my favorite passes for you I know was at Rockwell, Iowa, just a couple years ago. With Stevie, when he went like 490 feet, um, I have that video queued up for a little bit later in the show. And I know there's way more history to the lock and load pulling team just than that. So I don't, I don't want to start there. But Frank Sanders, just for fun, can you, can you, are you guys okay? Tell me what you paid for a tractor back then. Is that, is that off limits? 38. I think we paid 35, 38 thousand for it. That's cool. No, but that's good. That's good for people to understand today. Where we were, and that would have been ninety nine, guys. Nineteen ninety nine, you know. Yeah, I think we paid yeah thirty five, thirty eight thousand. It was a non roll cage, ready for updates. It had, I think maybe a pair of seventy fours on top for chargers, maybe ninety fives at best. So we, you know, the first thing we did is throw half of what we bought away and start over with a new motor and air program. Yep, that's how it goes. So did you guys make a lot of changes that first year? We changed it completely. They look and basically um, all the turbos. All the turbos. No, we stayed with the pump for a while. Stayed P pump for a while. That was even before the days of a Sigma. And okay. uh, we we put a roll cage on it, and uh, that was the, we come out in year two thousand with it. Pre-committed year two thousand with it. Never pulled it before, and showed up in Galax, Virginia. Pre-committed in Grand National. Well, I have not heard Virginia for a Grand National in a long time, Charles. Galax, it's been a minute since Galax took out. It was yeah. a thing. Hey, there's a picture in the in the in our group chat. Is there? Okay. Yeah. Um, you guys Thanks, keep Moose. talking to the boys. Talk to the boys so I can go get that picture. Okay. So what was that? What was that first season like? Oh, it was a it was it was horrendous. First of all, we had to learn how to get it out of the hole, you know. But it was easy back then. That thing had such small charge, you just throw the stick forward and it'd go. It'd light. On its own, but that was, it was a big, was it was a big learning a curve. Charger? It was yeah. four chargers, 
Okay. Um, that's when Ezin was at his peak, and 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 uh, Dickerson. Uh, there was a lot of them that was there. Russ Mears. That's John's dad, right? John's dad. John's yep. dad. Yeah. Paul yep. Coons was there with the Joker at that point with a diesel and Middletons. Yeah, Fred Keith Middleton. Neil Gettinger. Um, I don't know. There was a bunch. There of was them. a lot of them back in them eras. Bruce, did you find this picture? Or did somebody send it to you? No, nah, Moose sent it to me. You guys got it. This is, oh my God, this picture is about to make me smile. Look at that, boys. That's it. That's what we brought home. We Nebraska State the, Fair. We still have the sheet metal. You do? That's cool. We still yeah. have the sheet metal. Steve, nice. I need, Steve or Butch, I need a picture of that sheet metal. I'm just saying. So it's, yeah. it's in the barn. We can get it for you. Um, okay. So Nebraska front State end. Where's, is that Lincoln or where's that at, guys? Yeah, that's Lincoln. Okay. That's exactly how it looked and we got it. And we so took the Frank Standard off of it and we wrote Old Whitey on it the very first time we took it out. Yeah. <laughs> is that like classic pulling, guys? Or is that like, like Steve and Butch, when you look at that era, is that were those the good old days or are we in the good old days now? Or is it just well, is this sport just evolved? It was it was easier back then, probably, or not as complex as it is now. But I'm not going to say it was the good old days. We traveled a lot back then. But like Butch, when you say it was easier, Butch, when you say it was easier back then, what do you mean by that? Because like I think like you guys are like you guys are the you guys are the the top of the the king of the pen or the top of the pen pile. I mean, it's the end. You know what I mean? Well, it took us 20 years to get there too. It was easier to build 2,000 horse, it seems like, in those days than it is to build 5,000 horse today. Back then, you didn't have to be as high-tech, as precision, as everything has to be today to stay together and live and make the horsepower we're making today. You know, and back in those days, they might have been the good days, but there were so many hooks for a diesel super, you didn't have to go looking for one or commit to a circuit. You could hook in... Region two or Ohio, six nights out of seven, and never have to go looking for a hook. It was easy to stay pull as much as you wanted to pull. You didn't have to drive the miles and the all over the U.S. to do it. So that was more of the easy factor then, right, guys? Yeah, I would say probably an easier factor then than now, just from the travel. But, you know, you could hook for us living where we live on the state line, Indiana, Ohio. We could hook. 35 hooks and not drive half the miles we're driving now for 17. That's fair. That's fair. And hey, if you know, join us, everybody, it's uh, Monday, December 12th. We're live with kind of our like pulling heroes, Stephen Butch from Lock and Load Pulling Team. We seem to go down the track many times, the Diesel Superstock class. And these two are part of the reason that the Diesel Superstock class is still thriving today. With all of the, hey, let's merge with the alcohols and let's do all that stuff. Um, Steve, what's that been like in Butch, being just a diesel guy and watching this transition to where we are today? Well, when we started, the class had switched. Or it, it had separated. We didn't pull. No, it was still together. It was still together. It separated when Mark was in it. Did it? 98. 98. Then they switched them in like 98. 98. Yeah, that was about when it started. Ish. So yeah. We've recommended diesel super, but we've pulled against alcohols our whole life. Right. I mean, been around them. Yeah. But it was different, you know. But, and the alcohol guys all felt like they, 
we didn't like them or we they, we were okay with them till they got competitive when we got competitive and we couldn't keep up then we wanted to split them and you know there became a point when we weren't competitive with them that they had their technology had gained ahead of ours in those days and they'd kind of ran off and hid from us and we couldn't keep up there as well so then they did split and there was some ugly days in those split in the early years and some real tension in there between some pullers and others and it it created some feelings and hard times for a lot of guys, but there aren't many pullers left in there today on the alcohol or diesel side that were there in the days of those divorces. Yeah, no, I respect that. Um, I don't know if this is Travis comment or not, but says Steve, how was Imlay City? Is that Schlabaugh or who was that? You think? I'm not sure who that is, and I don't I don't know that I ever remember you guys ever hooking at Emily City. That's the next thing. Emily City, somebody's probably poking for a Cassopolis in there. It's probably where somebody's going for. You were the first ones to finish on the floor of 2000s on stock cast. It went about 0.5 foot straight in the air and down and broke front end off. They hooked uh, good. Those were, yeah, we went to Cassopolis, Michigan with a brand new set of Puller 2000s on we had actually bought them at that time through our local Firestone dealer in town. He had been able to order them, get them. We bolted them on, sharpened them up a little bit, and away we went. And they weren't great for a cast chassis. They were way too heavy of a tire. And everybody was there to speculate and see how they did. Everybody thought it was the tire of the future, but nobody was willing to put them on until we did. But we didn't have anything to lose because we didn't have a great set of tires to start with. John at that time was helping drive some and went with us. And John and I went to the scales and it's actually John was going to drive at that point. And we weighed it and John's got off and he's like, not driving tonight. You weigh less than I do. It's your turn. <laughs> hey, so, it was your turn. I like yeah. that, Steve. So I drove and as soon as I let the pedal up, the front end came with the pedal. And before you knew it, we were on the wheelie bars and headed back down the other way. And, the track at Cassopolis was the best track in the world. It was like a Inwood, Ontario track. It was just an awesome track, and you had to be everything you owned and low draw bar and everything else to be good there anyway. And it was just an awesome track. That's awesome. So, um, Colin Burkholz comes in, Butch and Steve, and says, the Bay City Explosion has got to be a top 10 detonation in history. <laughs> Steve's just shaking his head. So. That, was, that was ugly, too. That was a really bad one there. Bay City, they had had a concert or demolition derby or something the night before. And around the 150-foot line, they had dug a big hole and pushed all the trash in that hole and then packed it back over. And you had to kind of go around that hole to be successful to get down the track. And I think we were first hook or second hook. We was early into class and had the big explosion in it being out of the nature at that point of Larry Richwine and Vaughn Bauer, they wouldn't start the class over because of the points race, knowing that we couldn't come back. So I think they ended up with a four or five tractor pull off once the class kind of settled the track in and it got better. But that was a, that was a bad one. It as a driver said, that, in the uh, city, that doesn't probably, surprise me that, it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that that's how they treated that track there. I've been there many times and not surprised. Yeah, it was a it was a bad day that day. And it, it exploded, you know, and everything kind of left. All I had left was a steering wheel. And I kind of remember sitting there at the seat. And that was early on in the block explosions. There had been a few, but there hadn't been a whole lot of them yet. And 
the hoods were gone. Everything was gone on the motor. It was kind of laying off on the left side of the track. And I remember sitting there in the seat and it wasn't, but about three seconds, I felt a tap on my shoulder. I thought, oh Lord, I don't know if I really want to look over. This might be the big guy that I don't want to see tapping me on the shoulder. So I reluctantly looked over and it was Vaughn Bauer looking me in the helmet. He had already came up the rails of the sled and was standing on the tire wanting to know if everything was all right before the dust had even settled. And I still remember Vaughn, they come out there with a payloader and started picking parts up and was throwing a chain around stuff to pick parts up. And Vaughn's like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. he said, everything ain't junk here. Here's my adjustable. You start unhooking lines and you start saving all you can save. You're going to have to fix this mess when you get home. I remember Vaughn had his little crescent wrench out there and we were taking lines and fittings and everything else loose we could get to separate the top from the bottom. And they rolled it in a bucket of a payloader and we ended up took it all over to the trailer and we were with Neil at that point, we had two tractors in the trailer and we got it shoved in there and everything in there, but we couldn't get the four wheeler home at that time. Larry Richwine had to take the four wheeler home with him bring it back to the next event because we couldn't even get it all in the trailer to take it home. Wow. That's crazy. But hey, guys. That was hard on sheet metal. The, the, it split the block and at the cam where they all split, but it, ours and our event, it took the hoods and the side panel, kind of turned them upside down on the track and then threw the motor on top of that. So Ugh. it was kind of ugly for sheet metal. Yeah. Oof. I agree. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, December 12th. We have our pulling heroes with us, Butch and Steve, they're the owners of Lock and Load, the pulling team, super stock diesel pulling tractors. And and I and I joke about all the time how we talk about how pro stocks and are our, our heroes, but we all know there's not one person watching this show. If you can afford it and you had the balls, you would build a diesel super stock. And there's only about eight or ten people in the world, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Diesel super stock tractor pulling is where it's at. Um, it's what fans get excited for. And I've talked to Butch and Steve at length about this. And they're committed to this, you guys, now. They're going to the year, like, 23 of what this means. Butch, um, why are you crazy enough to continue to, to push diesel super stock tractor pulling when nobody else? I mean, honestly, there's what? It gets in your blood. It gets in your blood. It's what we do. Um, you know, many people a long time ago want to know why we weren't going to alcohol and we just never wanted to do that. And the pro stocks, there was plenty of them. And it's just what we know. I mean, it's just what you know. Um, how do you switch from it? Um, Hard to go backwards once you've been there. Butch, how many times have you driven the tractor over the years? Oh, what? Maybe a dozen times. Maybe okay. a dozen times. I what's just don't have best, any. Ink. What's your best? What's your best memory of driving the load? I won the, I won with I was the first one to get a W with it. Yeah. Connorsville, Indiana. At a at a Hoosier State event, I got a first with it. That was the first first we got. Who would you have back then, Butch? Army? Big names. Who was in the class that day? Oh, it was Hoosier State, so you would have had the Lowe's, the Neil, Neil, uh, Middleton, Middleton. Mears. I don't know if beers were there then, or um, uh, the, um, the sled handler, Tom Casting, Tom Casting uh, Wilson's, Harold, we were Harold Wilson with ACs. Anybody remember that? Yep. No? David and Harold. I mean, it wasn't unusual back then in Hoosier State to have 15, 20 tractors. Gary Williams. No, and that's, that's the point I'm trying to make to Butch and, you know, and to Steve. 
what you guys have done over the years to, you know, to, to compete at the highest level. Um, <laughs> Travis is watching now or short on brains, laugh out loud, brain bone twister. So, and I know he's one of your best friends in the whole world and that's yeah, what makes it fun. But you guys, you guys continue to push the diesel super stock class and I admire you. And I know Charles, and I know Ryan do who are on the show with us tonight. And I have, we got, we have a lot, a lot of pe- people watching tonight. Charles and Ryan, um, this is a big show to have Butch and Steve on with us tonight. I mean, I guess, I mean, I just really struggle with, with all the people wanting to do different classes, Butch, Steve, and do different things. You guys, is there a fraternity with you diesel superstar guys? Like, I know everybody's against us and, you know, um, it's going to keep doing it because honestly, you guys are kind of the minority, and I hate to say that because that's like the biggest. You guys very are much a minority, very much a minority in pulling. Uh, people wonder why we do what we do. We get a lot of criticism if we've only got five or six tractors uh, at an event. It's hard for us to live through an entire season. But if you talk to Greg Randall or any of the promoters, we're the most asked for class they have. Yep. So he has to fight them off. We every year we're like, don't give us so many hooks, don't give us so many hooks. Don't give us five weeks in a row, which we have again this year. But the promoters and the fans that uh, it's worth what we do. I I still say that I'm not known for my job or my family or my background. I'm known for that damn tractor. They know me through that tractor more than anything else. No, no. And I'm not trying to. And you guys know I'm I'm in love with diesel super stocks. Like, Like, that's my dream. To have a diesel we, super stock. We we have other pullers. The, the the light super guys, Mike Marcus and 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 uh, Fat Boy used to always tell me. He said if we could do it, we'd have we'd go back to diesel super. That's what we want. Yeah. But they just can't. They just don't want to do it. I mean, it's a lot of work. I'm not only the money, but it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. They don't live as well as they used to. Guys, Let's how see. much difference? How much difference is there from? Because you were talking about the guys who say that you know either we can't afford it, we don't have the time, yada yada yada. Um, state level diesel supers typically. I mean, I know there aren't a lot left. Um, the ones that are are oftentimes like two charger setups. How much different is the level of effort required to make those live versus a big time three or a four charger? Everybody that has a pulling vehicle spends a lot of time and effort yep. and money on it. Everybody 100%. does, top to bottom. And, it, you know, you're only as good as you, as much as you want to put into it and a lot of luck. But I don't know if it's double over some of them, but, you know, it, it's a lot of work. By a, by a class of ours, it only has – the only basic rule is 540 cubes now. Everything else is unlimited. There, there are three stages, but – the difference between a state level tractor and a grand national tractor in, in the super class is huge. And when you go to like, let's say two wheel drives, they've all got, you know, a 570 cubic inch motor, whether they be a state level or a grand national level, the state level right. tractors are as competitive as the grand nationals. in a lot of times our class that's different. And that's why it's hard to get the local guys to come to a grand national pool. What's in there when it's in their neighborhood. That's kind of what I figured you might say, and that's that's kind of the the line I was trying to draw for people who say, "Well, I know X Y Z guy who's got a you know a, a diesel super sitting in the barn. I wonder why he doesn't get it out." Right. 
No, and I'm not trying to oversell this, but, <clears throat> you know, guys, I've been doing this for 10 years, these shows. And tonight, <clears throat> right now, I can tell by the numbers of the show, this is going to be one of the top 10 shows we've ever done. And whenever we bring diesel superstock pullers on here, and Butch and Steve or Travis or Esden, it doesn't matter. You guys are the king of the crop. And I feel bad because Roos and I, we always talk about pro stocks. But you guys, super stock diesel tractors is where it's at. That's what made this all happen. That's what, and, you know, that's what made pro stocks happen. I mean, for you guys to stick with it and say, screw it, we're staying super stock diesel. And I've hung out with you guys at two in the morning and we've drank whiskey and we've talked <laughs> about it all, Steve and Butch. That might be part of the reason. I don't know. But yeah, but you guys have The spent, reason that you're still you in it? Spent, yeah. No, you guys have yeah. spent a million, you guys have spent a million dollars. Cheers, boys. I, no, seriously, if you guys sat down, you guys have each spent a million dollars and to win a couple thousand dollars. And I'm not trying to give you compliments because I don't spent, want to think about that. But I no, spent, don't 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 yeah. finish that. Don't nobody, nobody, nobody pulls for the money. Nobody. Well, I, I don't care who you are. But you guys so don't realize it. But the fan, you guys tomorrow, there's people listening to this podcast at work on iTunes and Spotify. And Charles knows this, and Roos knows this, but there's people listening to this all week at work, and they're like, you guys have, I mean, you guys have made sacrifices in your life. There's a reason I don't pull a D21 anymore with my dad, because we couldn't get parts. I said, Dad, we're, we're done with Alice Chalmers. I will not stick another penny into that tractor. I would rather stick an IH block into a D21 and go pulling than try to fight some some genie or some fairy that my dad has and Steve and Butch. And I, you know, you guys, I mean, I consider you guys my friends and I've had long talks with you about this and I don't want to overplay this, but you guys have committed to the highest level of pulling in the world. And granted, there's only six or eight of you. If Charles or Ryan or anybody watching their show, I question any of you, you give me 10 tractors in the country that can run with the level of Butch and Steve or Travis. There's nobody out there like that. There's not. You can't give me. Pro Stock, you guys could give me 30 names that could said, I will give you 10 names to win. But if I said to you, guys, we're going diesel super stock pulling, and you give me 10 names, Steve, Butch, you guys would have a hard time with that. I mean, honestly, the yeah. 10, I mean, you thought you talked about betting odds. Like, I'm going to put my money on X. Right. That's what makes it so good. And I'm not trying to overplay this. And I'm not even kissing your ass. I'm being real right now. And you're right, and that's true. There just there isn't the numbers in our class. You know, we always wondered some like the pro stock pullers. You know, when you get to a 30 or 35 class, why don't those guys commit in our class? They aren't spending any more or less than we are in a big day, probably. So, you know, I don't understand sometimes why some of those guys don't come over. But a lot Steve, of those guys are diehard too. But Steve, is it part of the? You can't make a three charger, or and I know you and Travis have this. You whole, can't make a three charger worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Because yep. I know Schlabaugh's watching tonight. So, makes but in all seriousness, you guys, is is are people just scared of going super, Travis and Butch? Um, I I think there's a fear of the. The breakage, I mean, that, that's a huge thing. Everybody always asks me, do you get worried and the stick goes forward? Well, I'm used to it. So if it goes boom, it goes boom. But um, 
No, not really. I, I, I know a lot of people are scared of the workload that it's going to take. If there's a way to go pull in and not work this hard for the same amount of money, you're going to take the easier route. But, Steve, if you know a lot of pro stock pullers. Is a super hard, any harder than a pro? I can tell you one thing. No. No, it's just as hard. You have to be a good puller to win with the pro stock. But the diesel is a lot more hands-on. There's not an engine builder out there that builds my motor and I go pick it up. I don't take it out of the chassis and take it to someplace and then go pick it up or my replacement motor and pick it up. Yeah, we do buy a lot of Hypermax stuff, but none of it comes assembled. As where the pros, a lot of them are buying assembled motors. Right. Yeah. We know our world hasn't went to that diesel super, but a lot of classes have went to an engine builder, a dyno, a chassis, you know, where it's not as much done by me. I just pay for it, pick it up, run it, you know, and don't do it. Where for us, it's all hands on. We still have to do all of our own work. And part of that's the affordability of it for us. I can't afford to pay somebody else to do it all. But, but, but Steve, you and Butch, you and Butch and Travis and all the guys are spending just as much money as the pro stock guys. I truly, I mean, this is truly a fan question. Why are we so scared of the super stock diesel tractor class, Steve? I don't really know. I really don't know. But what's the? Did did something happen over the years, Steve? Charles, I mean, help me out with this. You've been around the, the sport longer than I have. And Butch, you guys have seen this since the early day Oz. And you guys have seen the Alki versus the Diesel. And you guys, nothing has talked more about nothing in the last 20 years than Alki versus Diesel at the farm show. I mean, that was that's what makes it fun. Tell us about those years of one that happened with the Alki versus the Diesel. How did, how did all this go down? You mean when they split it? Yes. Um, yeah, well, I think Ezin was as big a duck in the puddle of that. Yeah, tell us the story. That's and all he didn't he didn't want to run with the alcohols, and so he had enough pull with promoters and everything that he got to where they had a few diesel only classes, and then they, they made it a grand national class. Um, I remember the announcers at Louisville saying, you know, uh, when the Alkies would come out, they say this is this is a future super stock pulling right here. I remember. I don't know if it was Butch that said it or who, but this is the future of, 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 of alcohol tractor pulling. And I know Louisville is so different than any place else we pull. What works at Louisville doesn't work anyplace else and whatnot, whatnot. You know, but last year, you know, the stars all lined up and the diesels made it to the finals and the alcohols didn't. And that's because of the short track and we have a lot more torque than they do. But, um, it's not, it wasn't the future, you know, we all, you know, our motto has always been that alcohol's for drinking and diesel's for pulling. So, uh, you know, we've lived by that motto, motto. Yeah. Don't know. But I, you know, there was a lot of, we were told a lot of times by some alcohol pullers, it was a dumbest thing in the world for us to stay on the diesel side. We were going to be looking for places to go pulling and we wouldn't have anything to go pulling with. And, We'd regret our decision in a couple of years to have a diesel that we were going to have a pile of parts we couldn't throw away. And we kept plugging away and plugging away. And, you know, our class is still held on and picked up by a lot of promoters and still have enough hooks to keep all of us going. And it's all we want. No, and Steve and Butch, besides the fact that you're my friends, and I don't even care about that tonight, I can tell by the amount of people are watching the show right now. 
this means a lot to the pulling fan. And I know Ryan and Charles know what that means because we've been doing this for 10 years, having these shows like this. And this is going to be a top five show we've ever had of the amount of people watching this show. So, Steve, Butch, what does it take to keep pushing? Seriously, whenever you guys are the underdogs, everybody's out to get you. Diesel Super's dead. What makes you what makes you guys keep pushing? Is that is that the motivation? Because you guys are braver than I am. I I, I just think that it's it's uh it's pride, it's history. It's the history of, of tractor pulling. It is the granddaddy of tractor pulling is our class. It is what started tractor pulling. That's where you took the farm family farm tractor out and um uh so I don't know. That's not, I, I don't really worry about that. That's not, that doesn't play into it at all. Um, I know what the promoters want. I know what fans want. I know how many likes we have on Facebook. I know all that stuff. Everybody. For me, it's just pride. You know, I, I take pride in trying to make something that shouldn't work, work. You know, when you look at it on paper and you think we're going to build 300 pounds of boost, we're going to put it in here and we're going to, think in the back of our mind we're going to get our 37 runs like Travis does that doesn't happen <laughs> you know we're going to make all this work but it's a program that shouldn't work on paper it's not simple it's not easily plumbed it's it's a complicated mess I guess and and I guess that's the challenge of what makes us come back and try to make it better try to make it cleaner try to make it work better more efficient you know, I mean diesel tubers I know. I know kids but that's my point. We've been on Travis and Butch. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been we've been on uh, the NTPA. The NTPA has hired us to take over their social media in the last week, all right? So since the banquet, I have went in the two most popular videos of all time on the NTPA Facebook page are you going 490 feet at whatever Rockwell at the Lions Club, and Travis Schlaubaugh, Diesel Superstock Champion. So out of all the classes and everything, out of everything they've ever done, and they're so, I mean, I've seen all the stats. I've seen everything in the last year. I've gone back and researched it. Diesel Superstocks are the two most popular videos ever, ever on the NTPA's Facebook page. Like, why is that, Travis or Butch and Steve? I know Travis is watching. Sorry. Well, we we probably pushing, we're probably pushing as much horsepower as any class. You know, the Alki's probably got more than we do. But other than that, or and the Unlimited, of course, the Unlimited. We have a few flash fires and events that you got to stay tuned for. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen next. Right. It keeps you on the edge of your seat. So let's talk about let's talk about that pass from Rockwell. Yes. How did that, that was, come together like that? That was that was twenty twenty. We didn't have anywhere to pull. The only state in the union that was open that year was Iowa. We could do whatever we wanted to do in Iowa. You know, we, we had to go out of state to do anything. It was fresh off the dyno. It had came off Salabine's dyno with no Michigan water in it. It was all just luck. You know, we had the right number, the right weights, and the stars lined up. We hooked early in the track. The track was kind of marvelly. We got enough of that dirt packed up under the sled on Vaughn that he couldn't do anything but ride till we were ready to stop. I I think that night I could have went to the other side of the water barrels and turned around, but <laughs> How it was fast? just that picture-perfect pass. You couldn't do anything wrong. 
How fast were you actually going? Do you do you remember what the data logger said? Uh, it was it in the 30s, but I don't remember any for sure. On okay, but, but by about 75 feet, you, I had that feeling you were laid back in the seat. You were gaining ground speed with every revolution of the tire. We were going forward and faster. Well, I was watching that pass from the sidelines with the camera, and I've gone through and I've looked through my shots, frame by frame by frame. You can see at about 75 or 85 feet, the tractor just squats. It was it was like the whole thing just dropped, and then suddenly none of the rest of my stuff was in focus. I could not keep <laughs> – I, I legitimately could not keep up with you. I got one good shot, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I will also I remember, say it was a damn good shot, but it was – I only got one. I remember on that pass, I was – I don't know. We were 370, 380, whatever – I remember looking over thinking, okay, it's probably a good time to think about pulling out of the throttle and stopping, but I don't even see a flagman or anything to tell me how far I'm at. So it's like, well, oh, I'll look around one more time. Four seconds ago. It wasn't long. He come running up on the other side. He said, did you see my red flag? I said, I didn't even see nope. you. <laughs> well, no, and I know, and I know we kind of, we joke about this. We have fun. And I used Ryan's picture tonight, you know, as the cover photo. So, <laughs> Steve and Butch, but I just can't stress enough. I can see the numbers right now, the people watching the show. And I know this is one of the fifth most, you know, in the top five most popular shows we'll ever have on Let's Grow Pulling. And if that doesn't tell you, we've been doing this for 10 years, you know, and Butch and, and Steve to have you come on tonight with us and talk about diesel super stock pulling. And you, the fact that you guys have hung with it year after year and you guys, I'm fortunate enough to be friends with Travis and you guys and hang out with you guys in the pits and, you know, and lock and, you know, lock and load and bone twister and blade graves. And, you know, you guys, that, you know, high tech redneck, the guys that go after it week after week after week, super rooster, Kent and Sandy Payne. I mean, what's that fraternity like? I mean, I know you guys kind of take it for granted because you guys, you guys know those people, but for the common pulling fan, Butch and Steve, you guys are our heroes, and that's – what's that? I mean, I know you don't probably understand it enough, but – It's hard to fathom that. We're just two common people doing yeah. the same thing everybody else is doing, and, you know, I don't think of myself any different or any better, worse than anybody else. I'm just – we've been fortunate to have a, a successful pulling career and a top class for a lot of years and met a lot of people and made a lot of friends, and it's been a, a great ride – all the way through enjoyed it greatly but i don't think of us any different than anybody else you know i'll sit and talk to anybody drink a beer with anybody have a good time charles ryan you you know what i'm trying to say right now like how do we pull more information out of these guys like these are our pulling heroes and there are, started, one way, there, one are so many, there are so many Get people it. watching right now charles and ryan you have no Who's, idea this is a top five show Here's been something I've been trying years. to think of for years how to how to say it. And Butch, you you said it better than I ever could. We had a con you and I had a conversation one night at Langford, New York, a few years ago, talking about turbo systems. And most people who who follow pulling, they know like a single charger tractor make 140 pounds of boost, and they blow turbos right and left all the time. And you guys will make 350 plus pounds of boost. But the chargers actually seem to kind of live. And you had this way of explaining it that each stage kind of lives within its own atmosphere and only knows what it's told. Um, take everybody through that. I thought it was a brilliant way of explaining it. Turbos have come a long way since we started. 
We used to push the daylights out of them, and even the three chargers push them a lot harder than we do. But our idea with our four chargers is that they are mostly on coast. Um, yeah, they build a lot of air, and we 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 have to to uh, relief a lot of air too. But um, the top stages only builds what 50 pounds of boost on the top chargers. And a lot of your pro stocks, I know Hypermax turbos will come apart at, you can ask Travis, 93,000 RPMs, right? Is where about where they live at. Our top chargers are turning 65,000. So our chargers will basically live forever unless we have some kind of catastrophic something happen. But so, you know, the two go into the one and then the one into a, in the into the bottom one so it just pushes it up you know the top ones make 50 the middle makes 150 and the bottom one will make 300 we don't like to get a whole lot above 300 i mean we do uh, but typically we like to stay around 300. the turbos don't have to work real real hard sometimes to make that sometimes work to make them a smaller turbo than like a pro stock works harder to make 100 pounds with one or we've got four to make 300, we're making far less percentage of air with our four than what they're trying to make on one. So, you know, we don't have to work them as hard, even though we have some bigger wheels in them than we used to have. We This was enabled us to slow the speed down and take some of the workload off of them to make them live a little better too. But, you and know- I the, think the, that's one reason the, we don't use as much water too. The turbo doesn't, know how much air is feeding to the intake wheel it's only going to do what it can do with the air and heat it up a little more and send it down the line a little better than what it was right yeah, it's, in, a, in a sense it's, it's operating within its in its compressor map so to speak so if it's coming in at atmosphere which you know god gives us 13 psi or it's coming at 130 psi it doesn't know the difference it's only going to compress it that ratio it's designed to compress it right right yeah it just Picks up whatever air it's given, compresses it its capabilities, and sends it on to the next one. All right. So you've answered that question. So Butch Travis, why have so many guys gone to Pro Stock versus Diesel Super? Why? I think some of it, not all of it. When the class split or when they were running against alcohols and they didn't think there was a future for a diesel super in the alcohol class. Some of them at that point in time switched from that to a pro stock. I don't know. I can't think of any examples right now, but I think that was part of it. I think that there was uh, people building pro stocks that were turnkey pro stocks that that uh, helped get a lot of them in there. I mean, you can look at the top running pro stocks that there are out there right now. A lot of them have been bought as turnkey, and I can't think of anybody that's bought a turnkey super unless you bought a used one. You know, I just, I just don't think there is. So, but guys, guys, we have a lot of common fans tonight watching the show that don't understand the difference between, a, you know, a three or four charge of diesel super versus a pro stock, and why so many people you want to build a pro. What was Steve, Steve or Butch? What was the heyday of diesel super? Was it like the late '90s or because you guys were the king of the world? And like, what was that transition? When the single trucher guys took over, um, it was it was different there. It seemed like, in for some reason, the newer era of puller, the younger generation of puller, for some reason, was attracted more to a pro stock. But at some point in there, 
we had a seemed like less kids maybe that were farm kids coming on to tractor pulling and more just people coming into the sport of pulling and they were building a pro stock or building something in that limited class and then growing to pro stock and there were a lot of supers back in those days that as guys retired or aged out or got out the diesel super class took a big hit in the retirement category but there weren't any young guys or new guys really coming building into the diesel super world. A lot of those guys went pro stock thinking it might've been in those days, it probably was a little bit cheaper to buy one turbo than four. And the motor was a little bit simpler. So the pro stock in its early day was probably a touch cheaper than the super was. And it attracted a lot of the younger guys at that time that were just starting into pulling. No, and I respect that. And Travis, one of your best friends in the whole world, on the screen right now, says, look under the hood of both, and the complexity is astronomical under a diesel superstock. Is it, I mean, is it really, truly, you guys, is it the diesel super world is that much tougher than a pro stock world? Or is it we just don't know the single charger guys? Because I'm a 4-1 guy, Steve and Butch, and I want to step up someday. I really do. I want to. I want to be at the highest level of diesel pulling. And I'm scared to shit out of diesel supers because of what my dad did. And I felt like I was with the best. And I, But I hang out with you guys, and you guys tell me it's not as scary as I need to be. I need diesel super stock guys because we have Charles or Ryan. How many how many pro stocks do we have at an event? 15 to 20 diesel supers? A, during besides a good year, bowling, yeah. Uh, Steve or Butch, besides Bowling Green, is it 8 to 10 at an average yeah. This year was about eight to ten everywhere we went. But you know, just like you just said, though, you can take a four-one tractor with a few restrictions on it, and outside of buying a little more fuel and throwing a new charger on it, if you're in a component four-one, you can go pull Pro Stock and be fine. You know, you take a new five-zero Pro Stock class. All he's got to do is change chargers and pumps, and he can go run in a pro stock world or a 5.0 class or, you know, some anywhere a component tractor can go, he can go with just bolting on a few modifications. Where no, and I respect those, that, Steve. Those, I do. Those guys like though in your class are all basically, a lot of those classes are over the 540 limit where we're at. Yep. So not yeah. only do you have to buy four chargers or three chargers, you got to build a motor. No, I know. But this is one of our typical shows. We're Steve and Butch. You guys are you guys are our pulling heroes. Like if we all had to write down our top five pulling heroes of all time, you guys are going to be on that list. So nobody's really commenting tonight because they don't want to offend you guys. But why are so many people afraid, Butch or Steve or Travis? Travis is watching. He's sitting there typing because Allison won't let him watch Dancing with the Stars. Do you guys know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, why are and I'm telling you, and I see the numbers, this is going to be one of our top five shows of all time. And I don't know just, why people won't. Why are they scared? No, I can't I can't answer that, why they won't build a diesel super. I so, keep hoping that Simons or one of these guys who've got a pile of tractors will come out with a diesel super just to see it. There's a couple guys building some new ones right now that I'm I pretty exciting that we're going to have a couple new tractors come into the class. But It'll be interesting. You tell what's, me. What's so scary about a diesel super? Because you guys have everybody scared. It's a walk in the park. Everybody ought to have one. 
Yeah, but what? But, build, build two. Build two. They're small. Yeah, you know, two hey, is the easiest one. That's right. Hey, let's let's. Um, you talked about uh, the aging out process and how that was kind of a hit to the to the class numbers. Let's talk. Ah, well played, Rackner. That's our old. Well track. played, and we love the old lock and load chassis. They yeah, won. Talk. They won let's, region points, right? See, yeah. not everybody's afraid. You just got to do it. It's just a commitment. You got to do it and pick that's your class and build with it. So let's talk about uh, the guys who uh, have come and gone. Who are your most memorable competitors over the years? Who did you just uh, Who did you just love to run against? Admire. Well, Jerry Van Dorby was always always right there. He was a good one. My man. Jerry Max Simpson. Max Simpson. Um, challenging. Um, Russ Mears taught, was always fun. Who taught you Bobby, the most on the track? Bobby Russell, Tom Dickerson, Esden. Uh, Esden. We yeah. learned a lot from all of them, you know. And we were kind of a young kid in the class that still, at that point, wouldn't have a lot of young kids in it. And so a lot of them kind of took us under our wing because. We were the newcomers on the block, and they needed us to keep the class alive and grow the next 20 years with it. So they were all real helpful back in those days to tell you what you did wrong or right or better or what you needed to change or do something different with. You know, there's been a lot of people through a lot of classes that have been a lot of help in through, through the years with it. It's hard to name names of all of them, but, you know, there's been a lot of memories and a lot of things that people have said or did that, Made an impression on you after you got home and thought about it. But Steve, another guy who's not scared, Greg Ratz. You need to put more whistles back on that thing and yeah. come back. Yeah, that's this super farm thing. Just ain't cutting it, Greg. No, no. Well, let's guys, make that cupcake. Let's make that cupcake end into a monster again. But Charles, Ryan, and Stephen Butch, I'm seeing the numbers, and I know this is a top five show of all time. And you guys know what I watch the numbers. Like what I mean. Stephen Butcher are, are pulling heroes. Why are people and that's where that's really I don't what and I, I don't have point. an answer for you. I don't know why more people don't build a diesel super. I don't have an answer. But like Steve Butch, like the numbers just keep going up in this show, and that rarely happens. And it <laughs> happens with Travis, and Travis is our is my hero because we're from Ringo, Iowa. He's he's my hero, hero too. To Someday I want to grow up and be a three charger. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys, what can Butch and Steve do? I mean, seriously, are, are engine builders afraid of it? Or what's the deal? Because you guys, right now, there's more people watching right now than there were 15 minute, 54 minutes ago, which tells me they said I don't, know. Super guys. I don't think anybody's afraid to build them or do it or come up with it. I just don't. I don't. The interest isn't there. More people would do it. I just don't know why the interest isn't better. For the class, I don't understand that. But Steve, is it because? But Steve, is it because you and Butch can only pull with the NTPA, or the outlaws, or because I mean, tell me, you guys, you guys well, we, are like I've talked to Randall. I've had deep conversations with the NTPA behind the scenes. The diesel superstock class, and Butch said it earlier, is one of the most requested classes ever. I help promote Hutchinson, and every year I'm like, why should we have diesel supers? I'm like because it's it's the best, and there's only six or seven of you show up. I mean, is it just because 
It's the king? Is that the king of it? It's got a, yeah, it's a class everybody loves, but I don't know why everybody doesn't love to have one. Same way with NHRA. I mean, the top fuel, there's not as many of them as there is everything else. Even though the top fuel would be an unlimited, per se, but. Because that's what I want to know. Because right now, there are more people watching this show, Stephen Bush, than there were 56 minutes ago. And Charles and Ryan knows what that means. I mean, the fact that an hour into the show, we have more people watching than we did at the beginning. You know, so guys, I have a, I have a chassis. I have a chassis on order at Engler. I'm on the list. And I specifically said, I want to be a diesel super stock. But I'm scared. I am scared to death of your Of what? Because of, because of the blowups. You don't. You just showed us that you have one in a four one. Didn't wasn't any pretty. Yeah, that's true. No, that's so true. It's gonna be no worse with a diesel super than it is with that. It's brakes or brakes. But that's what that's what I want to punch through, Steve. It's like Steve, you're my friend. I know I can call you or Butch at three in the morning or two in the afternoon, and you guys are gonna talk to me. But like, why does Pro Stock? Get and I love pro stocks, but I do. But I love diesel supers. You guys, I just, you guys, I think right now, if you had the money, it's easy to have a pro stock. You could have a pro stock in your barn lot by Saturday night, right now, in the market share, where you're not going to have a diesel super in the barn lot because there aren't that many to buy and there aren't that many available for sale. So the it's it's a limited market if you want to buy something turnkey because they're not the ones that have them aren't really getting rid of them or ready to get rid of them and there aren't a lot of builders building them just because the demand's not there because it's easier to buy something that's already built and available I think. No, that's part of it. Hey Butch, uh, DJ McCullough says, "Hey Butch." So, did you guys get the chance to spend any time at PRI this week? Yes. Yeah, we were there all week. Anything uh, jump out at you uh, in your travels up and down the floors? Um, I saw a few tractors for the uh, first time, basically. Tractor pulling's <laughs> beginning to make a mark in there. More and more popularity among the vendors and among the people in there who now seem to know what tractor pulling actually is. It's getting more you know, views from people in there. There was some new crankshafts from Cali's and some stuff in there that were tractor parts that you normally aren't going to see a few years ago. They would have never brought something like that to the floor for the lack of people wanting to look at it. So I think that it's growing an interest in there bigger and bigger, which helps attract fans, promoters, pullers, everybody. It brings everybody to the table. They do kind of something similar to It's not exactly the same, but you know, like at SEMA, there's always the thing where, you know, all these show cars, they, they drive them out of the building. And I understand that the Indiana Convention Center doesn't want everybody doing that out of that that facility. But um, going out the back door with with one of the drag trucks that I'm affiliated with, we get it outside into, into fresh air and put smoke in the pipe and drive through there. And there's people lining that street underneath that bridge with cell phones out. I think it's a great opportunity to, to drive some exposure. I know... Uh, I didn't see it personally, but I guess when Demented drove out, there was heads on swivels spinning around to see what was echoing off all the concrete. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. We and we need some of that. No, we do. It's good for the sport. 
Yeah, Charles so and Ryan. People to see it. But Charles and Ryan, I see the numbers right now. Our show has grown, has grown like half, double since we since people realize that Butch and Steve are on, and that ha- that's what happens. You know what I'm saying, Charles, right? Because oh, oh my God, there's diesel super stock pullers on there. And it's not just Travis comment; it's a lot of diesel super stock pullers. I really, really, really want to cross that bridge of why we don't have more diesel stuff, diesel super stock pullers. Why, Charles? Why? Why I say it? And I, I, I would encourage anyone listening to chime in too. I don't know why, and we've discussed that a lot through the years of how to get people to build in our class, how to get people to grow to our class. Everybody comments that they want to be there, but nobody's really willing to do it. You know, Heath, what's uh, Heath has an somebody down here asking, I think this is a real good question. Like, what's your yeah. average turnaround time before you got to take the head off? Well, you can go with Travis this year. Travis made 32, four, five runs on his motor without even touching it. In 2015, we ran the entire circuit, won the points, and never had the pan off of it or the head off of it all year. And then last year, you know, had it off every week. Every week we had the head off of it. So it depends on how your luck's going, what's going on, and that kind of stuff. But if you get the stars aligned and that motor likes itself, it's, it can make a season. It, it'll make a season. You know, Travis this took season. his apart, and they were amazed on how good it was. So kudos to him and Denny on on their build. They've got everything that motor likes itself right now, and it, it's it's something to strive for. So. You know, there's a lot of people that don't make 35 hooks. You didn't make 35 hooks a year on the 4-1. I did. No, I made I made 32. And it, did you? It went kaboom. Kaboom. Those four guys, us and Blake Graham will make a comeback, and we'll show the three guys we still exist in the world, and they can't just roll over and ease along through the season all year. Are you guys well, seeing anything when it comes to parts availability, you know, especially post-COVID? Is, has it affected you guys in terms of not only getting, not just getting them, but like the quality of what you're getting in terms of like, is the metallurgy still as good as what it was? I think it's okay. Man. Yeah, I think some of that's okay. It's just some of this stuff's a year waiting on and a long time to get and cranks. Some of that's big pieces, blocks have been a long time coming. There's getting to be a few more people building parts now so it helps the availability of some of that but some of the things that you take for granted bearings and some of those simple things that you can think you can buy off the shelf i think when times got hard in COVID, they went back and found some stuff that maybe wasn't as good as it should have been but they thought it was all right to sell i think we went through a period there where bearings weren't as good as what they used to be and hopefully we're beyond that now and looking at date codes a little closer but there were some bearings we got there in 2021, maybe even the early 22 that had some date codes that were 18s and 19s that we really shouldn't have been seeing. But I felt like they were going back and finding those on the shelf and saying, oh, these are good enough now. It'll We're selling bearings and we don't have anything better to sell. So let's sell this. We've been loyal with our supplier, our manufacturers for a lot of years. And we have, I have trust that they'll get us parts if we need it. Yeah. And the, where we deal with getting most of our stuff does keep stuff on the shelf for us and uh, and tells us that. And, you know, pretty much can we call and get just about whatever we need tomorrow. 
the bow. That's fair. What do you guys think the next uh, the next big leap is? We I want to say Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. We we talked to Brent Payne a while back, and he felt like I I, wanna, I think it was him that now that the tire thing is kind of settled for us for a moment, that the next big leap forward in the sport really is going to take place in the clutch department, that there's, there's room to advance and, and lay power down through that. What, what do you guys think based on what you see happening? Yeah, I think there's some advancements in clutches coming. We've experimented with some finger combinations and different things in pressure plates and, Crower and Molinari and those guys are really working hard to make better advancements in that. And some of that stuff's coming to tractor pulling that used to always be drag race only. I think there's a little more technology and thought going into the clutches that everybody's getting now or can get, you know, with multiple fingers. Used to, if you had a six finger clutch, that was pretty much all everything made. Then there was eights, nines, heck now there's tens and 12 fingers and there's a lot of combinations out there that everybody's trying on hard disk and soft disk and different floaters and package combinations out there. So I think there's a lot of room to be made there. I think there's still room for efficiencies. You know, there's a lot of people with a five axis machine now building turbo wheels that's finding niche markets that are niche pockets that are, we've picked up boosts at a lower RPM, more volume of air, less heat less turbulation in the housings and the ductwork. I think there's more advancements to be made in air yet before we get to the end of it with temperatures. Never let Steve Burge and Larry Peterson drink all day long in Key West and order you a clutch. <laughs> is that a, is All right, there's a story here. Let's hear it. You can throw Larry under the bus. He's not watching. Okay, yeah, I'm sure he's not. A couple years ago, they called Molinari from Key West. They had been drinking all day. And they the, 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 the clutch was unreal. It was a beautiful piece. I have a picture for it somewhere. It is beautiful. And it cost $9,300. But he said that, that included freight. So I got free freight with that. But I don't know if anybody runs a nine. Maybe everybody runs a $9,300 clutch. Jason, is your clutch $9,300? Uh, no, they just put all the titanium in it and put nice fingers on it and redone everything. And it was just a little expensive, but we didn't realize we had even really committed to the order till it showed up. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> yeah, so, well, I guess we did say build it. We were just asking questions, but build it. So now Larry and Lisa have three of them. They have two, nice. one free truck and a spare. It is beautiful, though. He does good work. It's been we'll good. Through the years to build relationships with suppliers and friends and stuff that we've met along the way that you can have fun and have stories with and and bring all these parts to the table that it takes to make all this stuff work too in different classes and all classes you know supplier supplier clutch guy uh, you know the hypermax boys uh, the Weimer boys everybody that we've dealt with over the years I mean there's been a lot of them. What do you what do you guys see out of a clutch in terms of uh, lifespan on your on your floaters and steels and and how often are you adjusting it? Will it go multiple hooks or are you in there literally every every other pass it gets adjusted? Yeah, gotcha. it'll last longer if you stay on top of the maintenance program of the adjustments. We can get a good season out of it if we stay on top of adjusting it and keep it in check. If you go a long time and don't mess with it and let it get real wide on the air gap it gets hot gets warped it gets shortens up the lifespan pretty quick 
Is that how much of that is, is the actual application, and how much of that is is driving style, particular to to let's say even between the two of you? Um, can you tell a difference? I don't drive it anymore, so but Steve always does. But there, some people use their clutch more than their others. You know, it depends on the track. A lot of times, depends on the dirt. Some of the worst tracks you use more clutch on than you do on a good track. You're trying to pedal out further and yeah. hold yeah. it back from being violent and trying to creep along to make it as good as you can make it. And it's harder on a clutch pedal than it is if it's an awesome track and you just let it up. So that, that actually brings up a further question just in thinking about that. If you're on a, say, a garbage track, um, the engine setup kind of is what it is, I guess, in, in a sense of it's sort of a light switch. So really your adjustability isn't with your right hand. It is with your left foot. Yeah, you got to be really careful on some of these bad tracks if you don't have enough air or enough boost built to turn the water on. You can tear up a lot of motor parts on a bad track trying to stay out of the throttle and baby the motor back to not be a racehorse can really tear up a lot of parts worse than if you're on a good track and just let it go and do what it does best and get boost built, get the water turned on and get it in its life cycle. But if you can, we've tore up a couple motors on bad tracks trying to hold them back too long and not getting the water turned on fully or soon enough and the motor gets hot. Bad so yeah, at that point you kind of got to get after it and kind of really try to hold it back with a clutch pedal, ride a brake, try to do as many things as you can do to keep the tires from just overcoming and setting still yeah it's, it's, it's the idea that there is no free lunch everything's a system right right you know and that's where alcohol somewhat has an advantage because they can take some timing out last minute they can dial a motor back and take a little bit of horsepower out of it on a bad track where with a diesel we got what we got there's no turning up turning down you might change boost 10 or 15 pounds and take some horsepower away with a little bit of boost but you're not you're not going to take the radical out of it the day of the pull ten minutes before because the track's bad or an hour before because the track's bad. You're going to live with what you got and find a way to make it work. There aren't a whole lot of diesel supers that I can think of that have even a wastegate on them. You guys, I don't think do. Um, is that is that a thought? We've played with one off and on, but normally we don't. No. Yeah. There are there are some back in the old days. Guys experimented with some exhaust wastegates and intake wastegates and. It's hard to find anything now with the volume of air and as big a turbos as everybody's running. It's hard to find something big enough to dump the volume of air off that actually makes it make a difference. You know, you almost need a three inch hose out there to dump air off of for a few seconds to dump enough air off to make a difference. You know, yeah. a half inch, an inch hose with a wastegate on it doesn't dump enough air off to even dump three or four pounds of boost off. Yeah, I've often wondered if anybody had ever tried the idea on the on the charge side of the, I guess I'd call it a no crap button. This is this isn't going well. Can I just blow some boost off here for a sec and still keep do it on the boost side where you you can still keep the charger speed up and not not force a stall, but just uh, just kind of kind of kind of take take the balls away for a sec and uh, you take the air away from it, make those chargers turn harder. When you give them a place to go with the air, they'll turn harder. That's true. More air. Yeah. You got to be careful with that, yeah. too. Yeah. We're back to the idea that it's a system and there is no free lunch. There is yeah. now. It's, yeah. It's hard to make a quick change. You know. <laughs> Travis says if you run three little turbos, you don't need a wastegate. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen his come to the side of the hood a few times too, so they'll turn pretty hard too. Yeah. And you know, the, the four charger guy, you know, there aren't a lot of four charger guys left. A lot of guys went three. Travis was a you know, Ross's and some of those put three chargers on and took them to the top, and that made a lot of new builds want to be a three charger. It kind of put the limits in a four charger guy. There aren't a lot of us left. The old days, four charger was the dominant thing, and it's what everybody had. And as times went on and changed a little, the three chargers became way more competitive and and has overtaken or come even with the four charger. I think the four charger still has its days. The three charger still has its days, but there aren't hardly any new four charger things being built. I think Blagrave and I will be the last four charger guys yeah. to, to die. And as then they're just, you know, Rackners and some of those are still four charger, but there aren't a lot of new builds coming four charger either. And that's another thing. The super class has a lot of ingenuity from the guys as where your pro stocks. I don't want to take anything away from pro stocks. I love pro stock. There's but no duck work. There's duck no, work to build. Everybody, everybody has a new Weimar charger whenever it comes out. They all do. We don't have to update chargers a lot once you build duct work. I suppose it kind of ties you into the turbo system you have and the housings you have. You know, you kind of, it's hard to change that because it takes an, an enormous amount of time to build all new intake or build all new exhaust plumbing after you go and change a middle charger and it's a half inch longer or a half inch taller or, or a half inch wider. You know, we've always jet laughed about it. You, you change one thing and all of a sudden the seat doesn't fit back on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, know, it's, you know, you 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 just you change something and with that many chargers and that much plumbing, something else is not gonna fit and line up and work again. I guarantee the pipe won't go through the hole in the building. So guaranteed. So it, it's just interesting. New four chargers coming. So Hopefully the class will continue to grow. Numbers will get better. Hopefully people keep coming to the class and with growth, we'll play for another 20 years and keep rolling. That's certainly the hope. Yeah. You know, so guys, let's, let's hit, uh, let's hit back on some history stuff. Cause people love, uh, people love asking these kind of questions. What's the most memorable pass you guys have ever made? Either one of you, you, I, I mean, Butch, I suppose yours was a win. The Rockwell one. Rock everybody's world. We were even astonished ourselves. But there's been a lot of times. I remember in 2014, the first year we won the points, we'd been trying to do it for 18 years or however long we did it. 15 years, never done it. And we finally got to Jefferson City, Jeff City, and we won both of them out there that night or that weekend. And I thought, man, this hot this thing's a hot rod. It is we we have got a hot rod. And that those two years, it seemed like we do nothing wrong. Decide where you want to go on the track and tell the track and the tractor did it. It was all up to us. It did its job every time. And those those years were were really good. I remember a quote John Pfeiffer or Mike Pfeiffer, who pulls in Indiana, has for years. He always said, you know, we don't have to be the best out there. But if I'm the last hook in the class, I don't want everybody packing up and leaving. I want to see I want them to think I can beat them. Some of the best passes aren't always the best ones. I can remember riding 12 or 14 hours one way to the buck, going about 75 feet, driving out of bounds, and riding 12 <laughs> or 14 hours back home. 
know, some those of those are, are some of those are memories that you think about for a long time and remember and laugh about too. I I remember we drove up there and went out of bounds at the buck, and Wayne Solomon came up to me and he said. I never minded if anybody went out of bounds, but I sure hoped that when they came back to the trailer, they broke the brake pedal clear off of it. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds very much like a Papa Wayne kind of thing to say. I said, well, I didn't get her broke off this time. But you can bet I was bending her clear over. He said, yeah, you'll think about that all the way home. Yeah. History, you know, we rode with Neil. We know we teamed up when we first started. We didn't know anything what we were doing, and Neil helped us out a lot in the beginning. To help get us dialed in and then you know we we separated ways there when we decided to go out on our own and and we dealt with Edison for a lot of years and made great friends what no travis we don't have awesome memories of winning chapel hill <laughs> we have never won chapel Shlubba. hill Shlubba. we've never Shlubba. won chapel yeah. hill we've never won louisville we can our tractor does not like to run south of the ohio river it just doesn't like it just kick them off yeah Get him out of there. Travis is going to get a two-minute minor for trolling. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Although, it, I mean, come on, guys. you got to give him some credit. It was a pretty good troll. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. he is. I wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want it any other way. I mean, the, the, the friends and the families that we've made with Pullen over the last 20-some years, you know, I'm like um, – Schmuckers told me one time, his dad said, aren't you – I mean, one of these days you're going to be, hey, you spent all this money. And he said, no, I wouldn't change it for the world. And and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and it's not just the pulling family, but it's the same same people you see everywhere that, you know, it's a good time, too. So what? We, what? Allison's comment explains it all. <laughs> yeah. She might have taken his iPad away from him. I don't know. We'll see. She might still. So what's the uh, what's your favorite place? What's your favorite place to pull? What's your favorite place to make a hook? Well, Rockwell's right up there. I say Rockwell's always a good one. They always have a great track and a great crowd, and it's it's a fun place. You know, anywhere that's got a great track and a great crowd that's going to cheer you on and scream and make noise <laughs> is always a fun place to pull. I don't. I, I'll, you know, I'll go anywhere if they got good dirt, good hospitality. You know, that that's all you're really looking for. You know, we're a people-pleasing sport anyway. And if you've got some dirt we can put on a show and people to please and have fun and the camaraderie that comes with fans and the people all over the place make it interesting, you know. You have to remember we're in the entertainment business. Everywhere we go, yep. we have fans and people enjoy it, love to come to you talk. It's enjoyable to talk to all the people everywhere we go. Open pits everywhere we go is great. Everybody comes to trailer, you know, turn no one away ever. There's, um, you know, everywhere you go, there's somebody that you remember from 15, 20 years ago that comes up that remembers a past, remembers something you did or didn't do or happened or didn't happen. And, you know, it's, it's funny. You, you can't remember everything, obviously, that you've done in your career of pulling, but somebody out there doesn't forget something everywhere along the way. And that's what kind of makes it interesting all the time is somebody always brings back a memory to you that, that you forgot about, you know, that was always fun or did something or it's something remarkable that comes back somebody else remembered. You we know? always said we, could, we, should, we should have wrote a book of everything that's happened to us either on the road or at a pool or that kind of stuff. There's been so many 
many, many memories of, of stuff, dumb stuff or great stuff that's happened. So. A lot of places in 20 years with NTPA, you know, a lot of events that they had years and years ago that have went away to events that are new and upcoming. And it's it's been a lot of fun traveling to all the different places and seeing all the different sites and venues and farms and people's homes and houses and shops. And the, the memories and the fans have been awesome for a lot, a lot of years. You know, I actually never thought about that. Like, I mean... When Charles and I go to events, I mean, my you guys know my side hustle. I'm a photographer, and Charles wields a mic like a banshee. Um, and we get to see some of those shops, and we get to sit in, inside of trailers and drink when it's raining with all you guys and um, have great nights even during rain-out shows like we did on Saturday night in Rockwell. Um, but I never I never really thought, that, thought about that. You guys get to see the same stuff and it, and you guys enjoy that just as much as we do yeah you oh, know we went to langford i had never been to niagara falls and they're like hey you got time here's a car go see the falls here's how you get there here's what you do here's what you don't miss and while you're up there stop at this diner and eat lunch and tell this guy we said hello and you know those are a lot of cool memories of sightseeing and things that we've got to see and do traveling around and meeting and seeing people all over the u.s canada you know, back that, when we started, you had to go to Canada. You had to go to St. Hyacinth for three days, eat poutine and gravy. <laughs> so on that uh, on that 2020 trip out to Rockwell, out to my neck of the woods, did you guys uh, were you guys among the uh, uh, the processional that went out to uh, see Jerry at Farmall Land? Did you guys no, make it out we, there? We did not, not make it out there, time. and I wish I I never got to make that. I wish I could have. Yeah. But it was so bad, we didn't get to go anywhere that year. And I was missed it so much that I went out. I took the hauler out the Sunday before Rockwell and went to Smallbox and spent three or four days at their house before we went to Rockwell just because I needed to get out of town. Well, we're very sorry about where you chose to stay. I know, but <laughs> I, I do it again. I do it again. Yeah. I know you would. You know, there's a lot I know. Of well, shoot, if you did it, if you were to go out there now, Travis and Allison might put you to work cleaning up um, I know. biodiesel plant. That biodiesel exploded. plant, yeah. You know, that's right across the street from that pole. Yeah, I know. If I had been parked where I was on Saturday uh, this past year, I probably would have ended up with something in the windshield. Yeah. Yeah, it was very bad. Very, very yeah. bad. Yeah, and Travis was hating that he was in Indianapolis with us, and that all went down. So he wasn't yeah. real comfortable being with us. Quite a mess there. But yeah, recover. Maybe Travis will have to stay home from three or four hooks this summer to get that cleaned up. <laughs> there we go. That's the, that's the pass. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun one for sure. You guys talked about how that tractor took her down. It, it never, it never until he let out of it did it come back up. Nope. It was, it was locked in. So, you know, we've the, seen... next, the next night of that same event, were you aware that the left front tire had quit participating, or did you just uh, ignore <laughs> that? We 
just uh, ignored that till it come to an end. It's like, well, there's nothing we're going to do now, and if it doesn't come to the ground, it'll be all right. <laughs> I can't raise in the air. Yeah. And it did. It, it was okay. No, I never yeah. noticed it till we got to the end. It's like, uh-oh, there's a problem here. <laughs> like, I know I've – I, I've seen some. I've seen some absolute freaking freight trains of passes over the past five years. I've. I mean, we saw. Where would we see in Georgia? I think we saw thirty-eight miles an hour, and I was, I was three feet off the track when when Brady Ingram came screaming past me in that truck. And uh, earlier this year, we saw. I think we saw thirty-nine, maybe even forty miles an hour at an Outlaw show in Wisner. None of them, none of them, and those were fast passes, but I'll tell you something, none of them felt as fast as yours. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fast one. You know, you're you're definitely cruising down the track fast. Things are going by. But... I think it was only a nine-second run on the, on the down line. Wow. It wasn't nice. So that, thank you for saying that. Yeah. that was gonna be my and it's next amazing thing. that you can get in such a short distance too, you know. Everybody likes to talk about these 400-foot runs, how they're so hard on the pulling trackers, and we've got to rein everybody back into 290. Nope. You're wrong on that. That nine-second, 400-foot pass, way easier on it than a 16-second run that goes 280. And, you know, you you look at the sled guys and stuff like Bauer, he's also had to change his game dramatically to catch the horsepower and keep up with the horsepower to get us stopped in that that range, you know, I don't mind going a little further, a little faster to give him an opportunity to help the show rather than kill it at 280 and nobody gets that ground speed and has a good pass. We got to give him some room to be able to get a stopped in a safe distance and not be hard on equipment. You know, it's hard to back out of the throttle when you're moving 38 or nine mile an hour and go out the end and back out of the throttle and not get hit by the sled who coast up behind you. You know, it, it's easier to spin out and, and stop than it is to have to coast off. But, you know, those fast passes at 390, 400 aren't the end of the world once in a while. Yeah, I'm glad you came out and said that out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I, those are fun. There's no two ways about it. When you can get that kind of ground speed and rolling along like that, that's a fun pass. Yeah, they had to stand the hair up on the back of your neck. Yeah. Yes, it does. And like I once I say, you can usually Jer- tell early on asked, you're going to get there. I once asked Jeremy Nelson once when we were walking, you know, walking the track at Hillsborough. I said, "How many passes during the year, or you know, during a season, really, you know, make the hair on your arm stand up?" And you really think, "Wow, we just went for a freaking ride." And he said, "One in ten. Is that about right?" I'd say yes. You get maybe get one a year or two at the best. Some years you don't get any, you know, some years. And a lot of that plays into weather too. You take a summer rain and stuff where tracks are all good. It's easier. You take a summer that's really dry with no rain and it's hard to build tracks and hard to make it all work. It's harder for a promoter to have an awesome track when mother nature didn't help all summer. Then it's harder to have those awesome passes too. Yeah. A guy once said there's no bad tracks, just bad setups. <laughs> Same for everybody. I presume you want to take issue with that comment or with that statement, but 
Well, you know, to a point, it's always true. Everybody's got a bad track. Some of them get better. Some of them get worse with time. But a lot of them stay pretty consistent. And your delta cards, you got to play. Yep. You know, first hook, last hook. You know, sometimes you don't have the opportunity. But a lot of times, the opportunity is there to win. You just got to capitalize on it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're a creature of habit where it's hard to make changes from what you've done in the past years of being there or the mistakes you made years ago on a track. It's hard to go back and make them again. We had a 400 a couple times. I think 389 is the highest we ever had. She's crisp at that. <laughs> it pushes the smoke out of the pipe pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that evacuates real fast. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's it at a boost pressure that high. Like, what's what would the the equivalent drive pressure be? Are you upside down on that number? Or? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. Somebody wants to know what was your uh, most memorable win. First Homer. First Homer or Bowling Green. Bowling Green probably. I was going to say Bowling Green winning the ring the first time was probably one of the most memorable things you would ever done. We were first took in the class. We took it out the end. They started the class over. We took it out again. And then we had to run the pull off and won. and won the pull off. So we made three passes, but we won. Good grief. Yeah. That and was back in the 436 days. Yeah. yeah. I know 436 days when RPMs weren't really what they are today. You could get that little motor to scream. You just had to have a whole lot of patience to get it there. <laughs> I, it, we tore everything up. We, you know, we split blocks on 436, but we always used to have RPM contests, see who could turn the biggest RPM setting still with Eslin and all of us and Tommy. And boy, you, you, the cylinder heads didn't have the flow and the pumps didn't have the fuel to get you to the RPMs. You can get there today in no time flat, but. Boy, back in them days, if you wanted 65 or 6,600 set and still, you had to about watch a movie at the end of the track and then tune back in to be ready to leave to get that kind of RPMs out of them. Watching the videos of you guys doing it, uh, that explains a few things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you wind her up tight and let the clutch up a little and push her back down and wait a little while longer and let up a little more. You'd fight around trying to get that last RPM to come out of it and then let it go. Now, if we see them numbers in the high sixes and sevens, we start to get nervous thinking we're going to have to pull the pan off. But back in them days, you just thought it was a cool thing. <laughs> so what's the best advice anybody ever gave you about the sport? Don't be afraid to try anything. Hard that to argue works. with that. And you that guys are proving that it works. Uh, yeah, we were told a long, long time ago, don't be afraid to try it. If somebody said it wouldn't work, it might not have worked for them, but that don't mean it won't work for you. Every combination is a little bit different. There isn't any two that are exactly the same, whether it's fuel, injectors, injector lines, turbos, plumbing, water nozzles, amounts of water put in. There's no two combinations out there that are the same. So, it, you know, nothing works for everybody and it might work for you. So. 
you know, you, a lot of people give a lot of advice through the years. It's been good. You know, a lot of people have come up when you have that bad year, or that bad spell and said, here's what you got to change. Look at this. This might be better. This might be. So the craziest thing we've ever tried or the dumbest thing we ever tried was Neil tried to, or we advanced the cam on it when you're going to Louisville. <laughs> oh, inside you need to advance the cam. It burned every damn piston in it in about two seconds. Yeah. That didn't work out so well. <laughs> we built new turbo plumbing. We changed turbos, but we're going to change top turbos going to Chapel Hill years ago. And we started on it on like a Wednesday night. It was supposed to be a simple job. Two pipes, two exhaust pipes, chargers go right on, no problem. And we didn't end up leaving home till like noon on Friday or one o'clock on Friday for a seven o'clock show in Chapel Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, it was a little closer on time than we had planned on it, man. And we were up all night for a couple of nights getting all that put together and done. And it was a mess. Answer the question on the screen. I know I have been drinking. And Ruth texted my buddy Doc and told me not to put me on the show anymore. <laughs> I'm in Florida and I've been drinking and I'm sorry. But answer the question. Answer the question. I don't think I think it all depends on the track and the setting. If you talk to Von Bauer, which we talk to Von Bauer all the time, he said the sled settings are the same between both classes. Um, they go to bad track and alcohol has an upper hand with their ability to change timing or tune it back or take some power away from it to make it a little more drivability and a little easier to control the RPMs on it than a diesel has on an awesome track. I think a diesel has a little bit of help with some additional torque curve, some things that'll make a diesel get down the track as well or better. Um, each dog's got their day, you know, the alcohol runs strong depending on the air and the water in the air and things that make them good. Sometimes the things that make them good make us bad. It just, it all depends on the air quality and how it is that day, I guess. But seriously, you guys. I'm not ready to put them back together because I'm the old diehard that went through the divorce the first time. And I like my diesel tractors and I'm just a diehard that way, I guess, that I don't, I'm not ready to put them back together. But like when you talk about the divorce the first time, what was that like? There were some ugly days in it. You know, there were some people that we all went away mad at one point or another. There were a lot of different protests and a lot of things that made people mad that hurt feelings and stuff for a long time. You know, it was there were grudges that you would carry forever just because you could, you know. No, 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 that's not true. My friends are talking in the background, Stephen, but don't worry. Yeah. That was a half million dollar picture. That yeah, was a half million dollar picture. Yeah. Including the two four wheel drives you can't really see in it. Yeah. But Charles and Ryan, as fans, how do you explain the passion for Diesel Super? Go see it. You have you actually more than see it. You need Bruce. to be close to it and you need to listen yes. to it. That's it right there. It's, it's what you hear behind you have the to lens. Hear it. But Ryan, you're a photographer. What makes Diesel Super so awesome? It's, up, it's not 
it's not what I. It's not the pictures that I shoot. It, I know because I can because I can make a diesel super look just as good as a pro stock, and so can Charles, and so can Cody, and every other photographer. But nothing sounds like a diesel super. There's nothing like that hesitation as all of the turbos come to life, and that's one of the, this is one of the only places where we can say all of the turbos. Yeah, uh, kind of like the hashtag all of the turbos. I was you know, hear them, and there's a there's a little hesitation there, just before it all comes to life, and then things get wild in a hurry. When the, when the motor sound goes away and the air noise takes over, and all you hear is boost, you don't hear a motor anymore. That's a that's a sound that is undescribable until you've heard it. I've always been a very unabashed you know, diesel super guy. I've been clear about that for a long time. And I always knew this, but I've heard other announcers, you know, we talk to each other and it's just, it's a thing that we do discuss. Motor mouth all you want <laughs> in any class, but when a diesel super is winding up on the starting line, you shut the hell up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That moment when the when you're in the seat driving, though, is when that you're pushing that throttle forward and the motor kind of takes over on its own and begins to build RPMs that you really can't hold it back and the air starts to build and the turbos are taking over the the motor kind of goes quiet there and it's just a mm -hmm. it's an yeah. undescribable yes, sound yes. and feeling that it just it's like the tractor takes over at that point you know and it's 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 a neat sound and a neat feeling you can't beat one of these coming down the track at you if you're if you get the opportunity to be as close to the chalk line as you can be i'll say it like 280 feet there's a moment where you get genuinely intimidated. Uh, you you feel like it is trying to suck all of the air on the planet into the hood. Um, yeah. And there's there's just nothing like it. It's not yeah. about what you see. It's only about what you hear. It's a it's a full sensory thing. Right. Yeah. And then you know you you back out of the throttle and then it's just silence for a few. You know, seems like a few seconds there. It's just quiet. There's no yeah. motor. It's just idle quiet and there's no air again. It's like wow. I almost feel like some guys will get to the end of the track and they'll, they'll, they'll burp the throttle a couple times just to watch the smoke come out of the stack like, yep, okay, it is still running because I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had a um, – this year at uh, at Rockwell, I grabbed a kid who was in the audience, um, kind of stole him from his grandparents. Um, he was there taking pictures from behind the, the snow fence. And uh, I kind of made eye contact with his with his grandmother, and she says he took a couple of uh, you know he won his county fair with some pictures he took at a tractor pull. And I looked at her, I said, "Well, what's he doing back there?" Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "How's he going? He's not going to take a state fair winner, you know, behind the snow fence." I said, "Do you trust me with him?" She said, "Yeah, that's fine." And so I had Justin Gerhart throw the kid over the fence. <laughs> and uh we had him up we had him me and uh and jc thomas um had him shoot that pull he shot that session with us um and uh i'll tell you something the look on his face when he when he knew that he was that close to diesel supers and hearing him spool up he actually put his camera down <laughs> it was so it was so cool yeah Oh, for God's sakes. Why is Siri talking to me? <laughs> you guys ever do, that? Do, you, do you guys do that? Do you wear an Apple Watch and if you cock your wrist back, 
Siri no. suddenly starts listening. No. Oh, it's no, annoying. I'm old school. I don't do she's any of this watch crap. She's monitoring your blood pressure. You must be getting low. Bruce, keep um, up. Keep thank, up. Buddy. Thank the Lord she's monitoring my blood pressure. <laughs> she always sends me these warnings that says, you've been standing and your blood pressure went up above 120 beats per minute. Happens all the time at the track during your class. This is your fault. <laughs> That's my fault. You are the reason I'm for my right. high blood pressure. <laughs> and I wouldn't change it for a minute. Yeah, I understand that full heartedly. Hopefully, I see Doug Messenger popping up on there. Hopefully, sometime we can get him across to a couple NTPA hooks, too, and see how we can all stack up and play the fun. May, May 19th and 20th, Nashville, Plant Illinois. <laughs> Bring it. Yeah. Bring Hopefully, it. we can get it together and make it work for everybody. We'll get it out there, and you can drive it, Jason. I'm not afraid. <laughs> You break we it, you are. fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, okay. I, I understand. We let Larry drive it one time, remember? It had the most RPMs I'd ever seen. Yep. <laughs> but it still didn't leave the line. So. Yeah. Neutral drop. So. All right, boys. Well, then let's let's ask this question. This is kind yeah, of the one that we kind of, Ryan, we kind of close with. Ryan. What? I'm yes. on vacation. I've been I drinking. Know. I know. And you texted my buddy and I appreciate that. So, looking out. This is a this is one of the top 5 shows we've ever had. This is That's awesome. pretty hum That's pretty Thank humbling. You. That's pretty humbling on our part. Thank no. You. But but you guys Butch, Steve, Lock and Load, you guys are awesome. I mean, you're you're our heroes. And Charles and Ryan can recognize that. I mean, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. You're our heroes. You are our pulling heroes. Thank you. So what's your closing question, Ryan? Closing question. I think you guys probably know what's coming. You can <laughs> steal the keys to anything. And uh, Mark Pysik wants to uh, know if he can spray ether for you. Anytime. 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 He's good there you go, it. Mark. There you go, Mark. Bring her on. He's a um, Hall of Famer. He might not be able to get out there anymore. <laughs> He just went a little bit red hearing that. Um, <laughs> so you can steal the keys for for anything for a weekend and take it pulling. What are you taking? And where are you pulling it and why? And this does not have to be something that's currently running. If you want to take, you know, the old preparation H out for a spin and make the John Deere guys mad, you can. What would you take? Probably in our world, I would take somebody's unlimited, an Adam Bauer or somebody out to a, a Rockwell or a great track like that where you could really feel the horsepower and set it back in the seat and see what it's like on the noisy side of the motor world and feel the same, feel the horsepower and the adrenaline rush of something like that, of the torque of that when you bend the throttle over and hook it to the dirt. Fair enough. Butch, what about you? Oh, a mini. A mini? A mini. We could put four or five of them in the trailer. Six of them, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. No, we're not going to change. We have no no desire to change. Um, we are who we are, and that's where we're going to stay. I guess if I had a second choice, I'd probably take Travis's. He's dependable and seems to win all the time. Yeah. I can get back to see what it's like to win. 
You'll be right back here. Yeah. You know, don't be terribly surprised if sometimes if, if sometimes Travis just decides, you know, and I'd rather not, and, and just says, you drive. I've got his lucky horseshoe. His luck's going to change. <laughs> there you go. You can have my either. And Mark is apparently – Mark is apparently ready to lose fingers to, you know, lose fingers to frostbite. Frostbite, yeah. For you. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, it is. And I think either of us would probably do the same thing. Just Charles would have a mic in, his, in, in one hand, and I would have a camera in one hand, too. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a lot of fun to have people that want to help do that kind of stuff. It's, it's flattering, and and um, you're more than welcome all the time to come you in. Gotta have them. Somebody's gotta spray it. <laughs> they like their ether. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Nobody's uh, nobody's really figured out that they do make those. You know those paint sprayer <laughs> things. Sally, yeah. Sally you know that you can Adam. you can buy for three bucks at an auto zone. Yeah, save a lot of fingers. Yeah. I said one time I'd like to run a diesel super down the track with no hoods. If you hide all that stuff underneath the hoods, it'd probably scare you to see what moves and how much it moves with the sheet metal off. You it's ain't even true. kidding. That, that would be terrifying. You, you do that stuff like that at home where you're starting them and warming them up and looking stuff over and trying that stuff. And it's amazing how much pressure, fuel pressure and stuff makes hoses jump around and move that you... You get a rub spot on a hose, and you're like, how in the world did that happen? Well, then you stand there and rev it up at home, and it's like, well, that's how. Oh, that's that how. Five inches. <laughs> it, it'd be a fun trip down the track with no sheet metal once just to see it all move and torque and get hot and cool off and probably scare you to death to see what happens, but it'd be neat to see. I think you're probably right. At night for the glow. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It has to be done after sunset. Yeah, yeah, right at dark, it'd be an awesome picture. You know, Car uh, Carlton Cope isn't the only one who can make things glow. Yeah, yeah, he can definitely get pipes to turn red. Mark must have been the guy spraying yeah, at, uh, at Rockwell this year. Yeah, he must have got the boom in it. That was quite the boom. <sighs> Yeah, that was a bad one. Caught her on fire bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. That one wasn't quite as pretty. But it was impressive. That's what yeah. 300 pounds of boost in an oil pan does. Wow. We burn a piston right there, and it just sent boost pressure straight to the oil pan, split the oil pan, and that was the aftermath of nine gallons of oil coming out the side in about three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Butch? Okay. Yep. So. We can't hear you, Jason. That might be good. That no. might be for the better. <laughs> so I'm in Florida on vacation. Really? And, yep. <laughs> so I'm having fun, but I have my heroes on the show tonight, so that makes me happy. 
So Pisake says, Butch, can you can drive our mini? So I love I see it. That. I see that. We'll suit him up. There's a tractor we ought to have back. The Henderson Jennifer ought to be driving Amen. the old super. Three horse. A hundred percent. She's got 100%. capabilities of driving. hundred percent. Put her in, coach. It's still setting in Iowa. It wouldn't be that much work. Charles, we can we can chop this clip up and send it to Jen so she can play it for dad, right? Yes. Okay. It's going to require go. me doing several hours worth of editing, but yes. Ah, uh, you got nothing else to do, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe she'll let you spray, spray oh ether God. in uh, for her. Yeah. yeah. That'd make it worth it. Yep, we'll do anything we can do to get them back on the track. We need we need tractors. That's a good one. Yep. So. All right. Well, we've kept you uh, hostage for almost two hours. Um, I think we can we can we can spring you at this point. Yeah, I think we can stick a fork at this one, and and it, this was an hour and forty eight that you that you don't get back. So no. That's all right. It was an enjoyable evening talking. We appreciate it, guys, very, very much. Steve. Steve. Yes. I love you. I heard you do home loans, Jason. (laughs) I love you guys. This is the best. This has been great. I'm so happy. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate everybody and all the fans and all the pullers and promoters that help make the sport what it is, and you guys and we love doing what we do, and we hope we can continue to do it with health and welfare and go on in the future. Amen. 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 Thanks for the night, boys. Welcome to Beer Money Pulling Team. Sit down, shut up, and hang on.